started out with a made-up mind to one day cross that finish line. I'm pressing toward the mark and for the prize. That's your desire. Oh, at times I've had to stand my ground, but Satan's tried to turn me around. But I will not be hindered by those lies. Well, I'm not gonna walk away. I've got too much at stake. confession. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Welcome. You may have your seats for a moment. Just want to make a couple of announcements regarding our upcoming schedule. Um, we've got on February 25th a brother Jack Wallach from Poland. He will be here and both services, just the two services. And then in March, and this is a little ways out, but March 15th to 17th, that weekend, we've got Brother Paul LaFontaine here. And the order of services would be a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday would be here at the church, just a, an evening service. And then on Sunday, we'll have one service here at the church. And then on the Saturday, we're looking to do just something a little different. We're going to have a gathering at a, not a hall, but more of a banquet facility. And we're going to have a little gathering starting at 10 or so in the morning, have a little coffee, 
We'll have a little session in the morning. We're going to break. We're going to have lunch there, and we're going to have an afternoon session. And what we're going to do is have a little bit of time to fellowship, but uh, my burden is for Brother Paul to come and minister to us on a, on a family level, a pastoral level, deal with things that he has seen. He's been a pastor for over 30 years. He's raised a family. He's pastored. And I believe God has used him in different ways. And I want us to be able to glean from that. And, uh, and that would be if, as a benefit to us as families, to our marriages, to young people, to single people, to elderly people, to every one of us. We want him to minister. And uh, I want you to be in prayer for that. And I'm saying this ahead of time. Um, so that we, we can dedicate ourselves that weekend. Because if we would really be honest, Satan's attack is not just on the message community as a whole. His attack comes to churches, and it comes to homes, and it comes to families, and, and it comes to marriages. And we need, we need God for everything that we can be overcomers in this age. So that's, that's a little bit of my burden for that weekend. I was talking to Brother Paul this week. He's looking forward to coming here. And I would say if you have something on your heart that you would like maybe addressed, and maybe we'll do that on the Saturday services, and you have a question or something you'd like him to do, I'm just going to ask you just to pen it. You don't have to sign your name to it. And I'll try and give him that beforehand. And there's a little, we had the old tape library. We have a little slot that's there. And you can slide your question in there. We're going to put a box at the bottom, collect the questions. And if you have something on your heart, is that all right? Okay. That didn't quite sound hearty. <laughs> oh, my. Um, this morning, Brother John Perizok is ministering at Brother Zig Clark's assembly. And he's helping out there. And next weekend, Brother Max will be ministering there. And uh, tonight, Brother John will also be ministering for Brother Jerry. And next weekend on Sunday night, Brother Max will be ministering for Brother Jerry. So we, got, we appreciate the gifts and the blessing they are to us. And we pray God will make them a blessing where they go. And, and we appreciate that God is using and raising gifts in this hour Brother Max will be going later in the month to Washington to, to Brother John Andes. Brother Andrew will be going later this month to Newfoundland to minister. And so we, we appreciate that God has all these gifts. And then because they're doing it, I got to do it. So I'll be going to Tucson at the end of the month to minister there for a convention with Brother Doug Baker. So just pray for us wherever we are. Pray for every service. Because I believe as it was already prayed by Brother Andrew... We, we are looking for the Holy Ghost. We might not see, as we were talking in the back room, we might not see the pillar of fire visible, but if we be conscious that, that there is a pillar of fire, and that there are angels, and that there are ministering spirits, every service is important. So we, we're going to make room for that. So let's just keep that in prayer. And... Uh, is that, is that Brother Josh and Sister Brittany here? Amen. We, we want to welcome you, and we want to welcome Jack to the service. Is that all right? Hi, Jack. Whatever you do, don't say. 
Whatever you do, don't say those words as you're boarding a plane, because it doesn't do you well. So hi, Jack. So, <laughs> but anyway, we welcome Jack, and uh, and uh, we welcome him, and we're happy for you. And uh, there was a little bit of a glow happening over there. I just noticed it. So, brother Josh is doing okay. So not to be outdone. Many of you know already. Um, my daughter gave birth this weekend, and. Uh, <laughs> so that is Gabriel Emerson, eight pounds, one ounce, and uh, last week there was a claim made that the most handsome baby was over there. Well, I thought I got to at least be in the running with that. Like how many would say that's, that's pretty good? <laughs> anyway, thank you for putting that up. So anyway, we're happy, aren't we? So... <laughs> So my, my daughter's doing well, the baby's doing well, the father's doing well, and the grandparents are over the moon. So it's, it's, it's all good. We had a few birthdays here in the last little bit. Brother Glenn had a birthday just at the tail end of January. We pray, God bless you, Brother Glenn. We also had Brother Dan Whitmire have a birthday. God bless you, Brother Dan. And we had Brother Frank Steves had a birthday. So the end of the month. And then we had Sister Terry have a birthday just the other day, so... We just got all the old-timers out of the way, uh, and <laughs> that may not win me a lot of friends on some of those, but <laughs> anyway, we wish all of them a happy birthday, and we're happy to be here. Let's stand together and change the order of the service. Let's just sing, um, wonderful, merciful Father, Savior. Wonderful, oh, wonderful, merciful, merciful Savior, blessed Redeemer and friend. Oh, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of man? Oh, you rescued the souls.
verse one more time. We're going to have a word of prayer. Let's just look to him right now. I know we're singing as a group, but we're individuals. We have needs. We have others that needs. I can't meet them. Nobody here can meet them. But he is here to meet our needs. Let's sing to him. You are the one that we Father, one more time, we just come to you. Now at this portion of the service, we ask you'll just take our spirits, take our beings, take our lives. Lord, we live in this world, a world that is so hopeless, such, such a despair written on the hearts of people. And Lord, we find ourselves sometimes where we need you. But Lord, you promised you would be that to us, our comforter, our savior. Lord, the one that would just know what it would take. Do what it takes this morning for every situation, both those that are in the building, those that are outside the building. Lord, go into our lives. Bring us to the place that we need to be. Father, we commit this service to you, every home, every family. Lord, every request, unheard, maybe unseen, unwritten, but Lord, you know every heart. Take us in your hands. Bless the word. I give myself to you. We give ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you to the musicians. Thank you, Brother Ray. God bless you. Forgive me if I called you an old-timer and you aren't. You're all young. We'll all be at the young people's meeting in heaven one day, so God bless you. <laughs> I, had to, uh, I had to put that in because I couldn't go through the whole service with that on my heart. Turn with me, if you will, John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Really good to be in the house of the Lord. God bless you all. I know there's a few away on holidays, a few away different places, maybe sick. It was nice. We were with Brother Frank yesterday. We saw the Steves family there. Brother Frank was cheery sister Joyce. We really appreciate them and the others. God bless you all. John chapter 10. Let's start reading in verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd. So he's talking about a thief in verse 10. And he gives the motives of the thief. He's not just coming in to steal. But he's coming in to kill. He's coming in to destroy. The devil is not your friend. Some little spirit. That's, that, that's coming with one motive. And he comes in many forms. 
And now John is saying, but now he that is a hireling. Now, he's saying this for a reason because we need to come under the chief shepherd. We don't need to just come under a good teaching of morals and standards. We need to fully come under the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just a hireling who, and not the shepherd who own, who's owned the sheep are not. He sees the wolf coming. He leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and he doesn't care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known of mine, as the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. God bless you. You may have your seats. I spoke last weekend uh, with the thought of continuing, and I am going to continue in a different way. I spoke last week on the evolution of a spirit, showing maybe the beginnings of where iniquity started in heaven. But I need to take it to our level. And the Lord just kind of stopped me on that, and I, I want to go there. So I want to speak this morning on the thief is come and fully shown. And I want to take that in a couple of uh, measures. And if I give it a subtitle, I really want to speak on the infiltration of the Spirit. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, this is Paul, the first church-age messenger. He was not a hireling. He was a star in the hand of God. And if he's in the hand of God, God sent him. And we also received a star that was in the hand of God. And I am more appreciative than ever. As I see the world falling into an abyss, there is one rock. There is one sure place. It's not around a church. It's around the Word of God that is our fortress that God has established us on. Paul's burden to this church, I would to God you would bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now, look at the burden that he has. He is presenting the first church age as a chaste virgin. But the prophet, the messenger of the last age, he was fulfilling an Eliezer commission, presenting a bride to Jesus Christ. And we want to be presented. And he will actually present us to him. But I want to take the clothing and the garment of the word and I want to be fully matured. Not, not, not a chaste virgin, yes, but more than that also. In verse 3, Paul would say this, But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, Paul would, would start it this way, and he actually types Eve. But how many knows that before Eve ever fell in the flesh, she fell in her mind. And that's the same devil that comes to us. So he says, so that your minds would be corrupted from the simplicity there is in Christ. For he that cometh, for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit 
which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Now just drop with, down with me to verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. So we will stop the reading there. I'm going to read also, if I can, just to really establish context, 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this all for a reason. And we started the new year off saying we want to avoid the devil's blows. We want to be uh, more equipped. We want to be better uh, prepared I, I believe uh, we, we, were, we were just sharing and discussing a little in the back office. I don't know what's all going to come. I don't know what's going to come against the message. I don't know what's going to come against this church. I don't know what will come to each and every one of us in our lives, in our homes. But I will tell you, the devil is busy and he is at work. Now, now we've had, we never thought in this message we would ever see some of the people that have stood up and have now become enemies of the message. Now, not, are just, not just walking away, but are waging active campaigns, internet campaigns. They're active in, in promoting anything against what we believe in. Now, th these are spirits that are being made manifest we never thought that would be. And, and now we can look even a step further with the advent of artificial intelligence and, 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 and the things that they're doing. And I, I really want to get to this in a service yet because I've, I've done a little bit of study on it. But, but they can take a few words that you speak and from those few words, they can replicate your voice. And then they do this now as scams. They'll, they'll take it and they'll replicate children's voices and maybe they won't call their parents, but they'll call their grandparents and say, Grandma, Grandpa, I need some help. Can you send me some money? And they'll send money thinking they're talking to their child grandchildren. Now, that, this, this is real. This is happening. And I, I just wonder, where's the next step when it comes to the message? Before they start to reproduce that voice that we so trust in and try to make it say something else. There's a spirit that's continually rising and escalating. And so we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. So I, I, I'm, are you saying this? Are you pro no, I'm not prophesying. I pray it never happens. But I pray that that word is so anchored in our hearts that it is written in the pages here that we'll be able to know when there's a different sound, when there's a different voice. And we need to be armed and prepared. Because he is going about as a roaring lion. First John chapter 4. This is the first church age. And this, now just think about it. Pentecost has come. The purity of the word and its power and its manifestation. But right in that age, as, as, as God is working, the spirit of God, that Holy Spirit that was in Jesus, that went up on high, came down on earth. And while that was happening, Another spirit was already there. 
And John identifies it and he says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. You are of God. Now you can stop in those two verses, two and three, and you say, I'll never figure it out. No, you won't. Neither will I. But there's something God wrote in our hearts. And I'll say this, if you're born of the Spirit of God and the Word that is associated with this hour, you cannot be deceived. Now, does that mean you just lay back? Well, (laughs) nothing can affect me. No, you've got to give yourself to it. And as you give yourself to it, you're more equipped, you're, you're more grounded, you, you don't even see and hear some of the noise, and you keep going forward. So he says, you are of God, little children, you have overcome them. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. Now this is a, a bold declaration. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. But he that is not of God heareth not us. Now, could you imagine those early disciples that they could actually look someone in the face, we know we are of God. And you're not, like there's a boldness that was there under that lion anointing. They knew who they were. What are we coming back to? What they fell from. We're coming back to where we know who we are. We know who we have believed in. We know what we're standing for. Our, our faith is not grounded on a church and I'm in the message. No, I've actually dug in. There are roots that are ripped around scriptures, around quotes. My Bible is my, my roadmap. I, I know my tree, my, my roots are dug deep. I know where I'm standing. Listen. The message is not just a Bible that we, we put down, but it's read. The church age book is not just a book that's history. It's real. I have a burden for it. Brother Andrew and I were talking, and we're going to bring... Um, Brother George Smith has actually got the church age book. He's reprinted it. But he's printed it in maybe a slightly easier form to read. It's got little different subsections and we're going to bring some, we have some here, and we'll bring in some in a paperback version, but I think it's worthwhile. Friends, it's not a book of history. There are spirits that crept in, and, and, and there was Satan's working in the beginning, and it comes to us in many forms. It, it, you know, say, well, that happened only then. No, some of those same spirits are still working. And they're creeping in right to the precious truth we have. But how are we going to stand? You know, you, uh, i got to slow down. But I, I'm saying this all for a burden. So the Lord willing, we're going to bring some in. And if it causes somebody to get into the word and have a revival and, 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 and be better armed, then the goal is, is accomplished. 
We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So truth is one thing, but the spirit of truth is another thing. Because the Bible would talk of those that hold the truth in unrighteousness. But if you've got the spirit of truth, you will esteem it not just as a, as a weapon that you do, but it's my life. And there's also a spirit of error. I won't deal with that fully. And he finally concludes, Beloved, let us love one another. Love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So as I move along here, so i got to just take the thought. The thief or the robber identified in John chapter 10. His power is in deceit. His power is in subtility. Uh, he works, a robber works in darkness. A robber works when movements are not easily detected. A thief uses a mask quite often. He does not want to be exposed. He does not want his identity known. So if you, if you would really, you know, and, and if you have darkness outside and you don't know what's out there, sometimes the fear alone is enough. That's what the enemy preys on, that there's fear. But I will say that Satan, Lucifer at the beginning... Is, is, he's operating in this world in, in a manifestation, in a fullness. He has fully come. The, the, the workings of the Nicolaitan spirit in the beginning have manifest themselves to a great measure in this last age. But God, not willing to leave us helpless, not willing to leave us uh, to be deceived, because even as it would say in Revelation 13, Everyone whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life will take on the mark of the beast. Will take on the mark of, of Satan. But everyone whose name is written will receive the seal of God. Now there's an outworking of that. It's not just as simple as that. So the thief will work on this level. Let's just go to Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, and I, I believe when God sent the messenger, never has a church age received illumination on the book of Genesis or on the book of Revelations like this last age. And it's necessary. I'm, I'm not going to be staying at this level the whole service. I'm going to come right down to where we're at. So stay with me, please. Enter in now, and, and we'll, we'll follow it through. So we read last week, verses 12 to 14, about how he was fallen from heaven. His goal in verse 13 was to ascend to heaven, to sit on the mount of the congregation, to ascend the heights. But verse 15 will say now, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. And he says, They that see you shall narrowly look upon you, and consider you, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? In other words, there's going to be an element of surprise when we get over there 
Satan's power is not a power like we think, that he can just charge and overcome you. Satan's power is in deceit. His power, he knows he cannot defeat the word. So if he can get you to lower your shield, to take a little bit of your armor off, that's how he works. He has no power against what God has given you. His only power is to just get you to, to, to just take a little bit off, change a little something. So it says, we will look at him saying, this is the guy. This scrawny, weakling, this, this conniving lizard, this whatever you want to call him, teufel, geeko, whatever you want to call him. He says, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. And then this last verse, that opened not the house of his prisoners. In other words, if he ever gets in and he ever gets you to a place that you can't see God and you can't see anything anymore, you are a captive. And I will say, much of the world is captive today. Listen, I, I, I'll be honest, friends. There is a hopelessness in the world today. There's a hopelessness among society today. And I can say, it doesn't stop out there. It can come right to our door. And that devil can come and make your situation, make make what you're going through in your mind, a prison house to you. That you feel like there's no way I'll ever get out of this. But I'll say this, he has come that he would loose you from that, that he will loose the prisoners. I believe Satan has come, but he's also being shown what he really is. And I say, let's, let's expose him. Let's expose him, not just in history, but let's expose him in all his tactics. How he'll come right into a home. How he'll come right to a young person. How he'll come right to this message. That's the one that we're facing. And I say, we're meeting him. You're going to meet him. I'm going to meet him. And it's, it's, listen, we can remove ourselves and hide in our room and hide in our closet and say, no, that's not it. No, we've got to be about the Father's business. And if he can stop you from doing what God has for you, he's achieved a part of his goal. So he says, he opened not the house of his prisoner. Let's move on. His origin, his, his movement, everything has come. Let me read what Brother Branham would say. He's talking, he says, as he's ministering, he says, Recently I felt a spirit in the meeting. Those of you, he's, he's holding some meetings. Those of you who sent letters in as an apology of the first night or two, you believed it was a mental setup and now you're convinced. So people had looked at the gift that was operating and said, oh, this is something. And, and, and as the meeting went on, they realized they were under an influence. And God blessed them. They, they, they wrote a letter and said, I forgive you. God does too. Now he says this, when the meeting is going on, 
there's an evil spirit in the meeting. This morning, there are evil spirits that are here. Now he says, that spirit is almost harmless until it can catch somebody that it can work through. Then when it can work through, it'll certainly do damage because it's an evil spirit. The devil needed a vessel in the Garden of Eden. He found the serpent. And then through the serpent and his subtility, knowing that seed would mix with the woman, he devised a plan. And listen, it was a small percentage, but all he needed was to poke a hole through. One little hole through. And that's what he wants to do to you. If he can bring a little bit of doubt to you this morning. If he will, and listen, Satan's goal, and Brother Brandon would say it this way. He says, we have no problem believing that the fullness of God came into Jesus Christ. And the fullness of Jesus Christ now comes into his many-membered body. Now, he says, the hardest thing we'll ever do, God will ever do, is to get one mortal to believe another. We won't be doing it by emotion by intellectual conception, but it's going to be on a greater level where we recognize the part of God in each other and we have confidence in that no matter what the outside shows sometimes. Because you're, you're going to have your ups and you're going to have your downs. I'm going to have my ups and I'm going to have my downs. I'm going to need you, you're going to need me. We're all going to need one another. And not just one another, but the Christ in one another. And he says, now, the devil is harmless. Now, here's the other side. We're vessels. The Holy Spirit is also here trying to find somebody to work through. And when he finds someone to work through, it can do good. Two spirits, their motives, their objective, watch it. Watch their fruits. Then you see what spirit is on you. You are motivated by a spirit if you have no spirit, you're dead. If you have a spirit, it motivates your life. The sister that came to Brother Branham, and she says, how do I know have the token? And he said, what were your desires before, and what are your desires now? Now here, he goes beyond what were your works before and what are your works now. Because it goes much deeper. Because when he, Christ, comes into you, he burns out the old part. He burns out the, the legal part, if I can say it. And he puts in a spirit that wants to do right. A spirit that strives for God. A, a spirit that pushes forward. And here, you're, you're pushing forward, and Satan's constantly buffeting you. Hey, he does it to me, I know he does it to you. He'll do it to young people, he did it when I was young. See, I just put myself in the category with you old-timers. I'm here with you. Yeah. Listen, so he's, he's saying these things, so there's two spirits. And, 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 and he says, now, let, let me just go a little further, let me just project something a little further out to you. Last time we spoke on, you know, I, I just want to stop for a moment. I came across a little clip from a, a minister, and he's a very sincere man, I believe. Uh, he's, he's not acquainted with the message, I believe, either. And he's, 
he's speaking to a, a group in this video clip, and he's saying, you know, he said, I got some questions, and you're, you're all wondering, he says, if God is so great, and, and he created this beautiful world, and today we look at all of the things that are happening, the immorality, the trans, the homosexuality, this, this, how did we ever get here? And he goes back to the book of Genesis, and, and he's doing his best. How could we go from Genesis 1 and 2 to Genesis 3 to Genesis 4 where there's murder and corruption and hatred? And he's asking the question sincerely. And brother and sister, you and I sit here today, and without the revelation of serpent seed, where would we be today? And, and if you recognize serpent seed, it will help you also to recognize the, that God is not defined in a geographical location. Neither is Satan. Because the lineage that came from Cain and Abel, they walked parallel until Genesis 6. When the sons of God saw the daughters of men under the days of Noah, and they mingled so the lifespan was shortened from under 1,000 years to 120. And as they mingled, now you couldn't distinguish anymore by geographical or by bloodline or that. Israel became separated. And I say, right down to this day, you can say, well, I, I'm going to go to this church because they got the truth, and my comfort is in this church. And you can sit there and fold your arms. Oh, I got it. No, it goes much deeper than that. And Brother Branham would say, he would say, even in Jeffersonville, he's talking about the two spirits, and he says, they're sitting right here in the tabernacle this morning. And in every assembly, there are believers and unbelievers and make-believers. Now, don't go trying to figure it out and search it out. Because sometimes believers act like unbelievers. And sometimes even act like make-believers. But if God is dealing with them, let God deal with them. Amen. So I say this, our certainty has to go on a level beyond what we can say. Well, I'm part of this church. I'm part of this movement. It has to be grounded in the Word of God. I, I, I'm, I'm really bringing this with a burden, friends. I believe we're going to need it. I believe it's not good enough just to show up and attend church. I believe we need to be grounded. I really sincerely desire that. Let it be in this church that when the enemy comes, and he will come, that he doesn't have room to work. That, that we don't let little things come. You know, I, I believe if you look at the scripture, we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. You know, and we can take that to mechanical devices and all kinds of things. But Satan works... He works in such a sly way. The scripture before that says, Paul said, when I came to you, I asked for forgiveness and that you would forgive me because it was a potential for a misunderstanding. And he says, for we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Faith is based on forgiveness. It doesn't matter how great we are. Listen, can I say something this morning? You will never become an angel. You will never be an angel. You will always have something 
that will be a little something that will stumble you, yourself, or will stumble somebody else. But what you have is something Satan doesn't have. And that's the power to humble yourself. The power to come down to somebody and say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Will you forgive me? And you know what? That defeats the devil. It is not our ability to, to project ourselves. I'm here. No, we'll never be there. But we have Christ. And under Christ, the blood of Jesus, we are purchased and bought. And I say, let's kick the devil out. Our daily prayer, don't go to bed without making things right. Don't let things carry on. And just the devil gets in and gets in. I say this, if you want forgiveness, start forgiving. I don't want to give Satan any room. Sorry, I'm just going off notes here a bit, but. Thank you, Brother Glenn. Listen, I, if I ever come to you as a know-it-all, if I ever come to you as something, then I'm wrong, because I don't know it all. If I ever project myself to be, I've got something you don't have, and you just stay down there. No, I'll tell you what, right then you know it's wrong. But God, let me be a brother to the brothers. Let me be a brother to the sisters. Let me be a brother to everybody. And let us all come under Christ. Because we need him. Revelation 13. We spoke last Sunday briefly on he who sits in the temple as God, is worshipped as God. I want you to look a little bit through the eyes of God at where we are in this present world because these scriptures are being fulfilled right in front of us. Revelations chapter 13. And John would say, And I saw and I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and upon his horns ten crowns and upon his heads the names of blasphemy. Now, these are symbolic. But... The beast is a representative on earth. The dragon is the devil. And look what the next verse said. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear. His mouth as the mouth of a lion. The beast. And the dragon gave him his power. And his seat and great authority. Now if you actually take verse 1, it talks about the seven heads and the ten horns. You go over to Revelation 17, it's the exact description of the great whore. And the great whore, which sits on seven hills. Listen, that, that great whore is speaking really nice words. But I'll say, it's anointed. You know, I always marvel... How did it get there? And if you follow through the church ages, and Brother Branham in the Thyatiran church, and he goes, that Jezebel spirit, and he says, I gave her space to repent. Now, can you believe that God would take a system that martyred brothers and sisters and say, I gave space to repent? 
but they didn't heed it, and they hardened their hearts. Hey, there's no slaughter of, of Christians the same way. I'll tell you what, it's come down to an ecclesiastical level. It's, it's the battle we're under right now. It's coming to your minds. Hey, coming to uh, uh, some kind of a media outlet, some kind of an outlet near you is the mind that was in that serpent, that, that was in the devil, coming into the beast and speaking in flatteries. Oh, who is, who's the one that's, that's all over the world can be coming to any nation? And say anything. And, and say any doctrine. And they're all listening. He sits in the temple as God. Yeah. It's like the radio preacher, right? That, that wasn't allowed to mention the name of the Pope on the thing. And so the next service he just gets all anointed. And, and he says, I can't say the name. But his name, it rhymes with dope. <laughs> Yeah. Well, nobody wants to say that. But I want you to look at right now what's happening in every nation. It, listen, the nations are being weakened economically to where they're going to need some help. The ultimate buyout is preparing to happen. And the ultimate sellout is preparing to happen. And along with the economics, there's coming a demonic infusion it's all together. It's infiltrating. This is, this is a part of what I'm... It infiltrates subtly. And nobody sees it coming hardly. If this last week, if you were part of some of the announcements even in our province about the premier setting rules for schools and saying, no, parents have a right to say things about their children... I thought, well, that's tremendous. Well, it was hardly a day when our federal government came out saying, I am really worried about this language. And when our opposition government came, and, and I'll tell you what, there's an uproar. And people don't even know what's spirit behind it. Friends, it is the infiltration of a spirit that is happening in the world around us. The thief has come. Revelation 13, as I read further, verse 4. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto a beast who is able to make war with him? Let's just go a little further. I'm going to drop down to verse 6. and uh, Let's go to verse 7, rather. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Verse 8, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now I will say, you are not smart enough, I'm not smart enough, we're not strong enough. We don't have enough in ourselves. But what God's looking at is the part of you that wants to serve him. And that part will keep you. That predestinated part. And I so thank God for it in this, this last age. Now, it, it, this is what's on all the earth. Now, we have not seen this in a fullness yet. And if you will listen, in 1963, 
in the message, Brother Branham would say, and he equates the third pull, or rather a part of the third pull, and, and the, the speaking part, he said, now it will not be used in a great way until that great machine, he calls it the great machine, is set up in its power. Now, in 1964, as, as the message is, is let me just say, it, it is continually unfolding and revelating. And then Brother Branham was walking in that revelation. And in 1964, he would speak before that about a persecution coming on the church. And then he stopped and said, it's not a natural persecution. That's to the Jews. But there's a spiritual persecution coming, and it's happening right now in your minds. It's happening in every office and everything that's around in the world. That's what's coming. And he says, when the church, when the church gives its power to the same system, because it's not just the great harlot, it's the daughters with her. The daughters. Listen to Feast of the Trumpets, Brother Branham talks about it. Let me drop down a little bit here. Verse 11. So we see the dragon, we see the beast, but now we see another beast. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. Who is this? The United States. The United States, like a lamb. It was a beast like a lamb. Did you know that it was like when President Obama was in power that he changed the, na the, the national animal to be the bison, and, had, and, and, and it was paralleled, and you can pick this up in the message, the mark of the beast, and Brother Branham parallels that. Like a lamb, but it was a beast. Now, a lamb is gentle in its nature, but here's another characteristics. And he spoke as a dragon. Now, it's changing, friends. The United States, yeah, it was a lamb, but something has come in. Something has infiltrated into all political offices, into rights of people, and it's starting to speak like a dragon. And one of the first indicators is when you watch them turn against Israel. And I believe, this is just me, I believe when they start to do that, that's when you'll see God, the keeping power that's holding them is only because of Israel that's there right now. But when they take that away, then they're given over completely to speak like a beast again. To speak like the dragon, rather. That's what's coming. I, listen, I, I, I say this. I, I don't believe you need to say it. To, I'm saying this to scare you. But I'm saying this that you may have confidence in what we have received and that you place yourself fully in the scriptures that we believe. Verse 12, he exercises all the power of the first beast before him. He causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. That was natural Rome. Now it's spiritual Rome. In verse 13, and he doeth great wonders. He makes fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Nuclear power. And he deceives them with it that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should now make an image to the beast. 
Okay, now look at the deception. It just goes further. It's the dragon. It's the beast. Now it's an image to the beast. What is the image? The world council of churches. The image to the beast. Listen, I, I'm going through the church ages and Brother Ram said, there'll come a time when you don't have a Trinity doctrine to stand on that you will be an outcast if you're not aligned with that Trinity doctrine. I know in whom I have believed it. Now, this is, this is still coming. He says, now, they give their power to the image of the beast which had a wound by the sword and did live, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast who's giving power. You know when the World Council of Churches started? In 1948. Do you know anything else that happened in 1948? Hey, in 1948, Israel became a nation. 1948, that happened. There's actually some other events that parallel all with that. Why? Because the Bible says, and when the fig tree will spread forth her buds, then all the other trees also. They all have got to, they've all got to come to maturity. And he said and he, that they should worship the image of those that wouldn't worship the image of the beast would be killed. And he causes all both small and great and rich. Listen, I, this is amazing. You're not going to be immune. Small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Now, if you can just bear with me, what's in your hand? That's your place of doing business. That's economics. That's everything you do. Your forehead, that's where you think. So the image comes not just in economics, but it comes in the thinking of the minds of men. Everybody will, call, will look and say, you don't believe in rights of all people? You don't believe in a rainbow flag? Huh, who are you? Listen, that attitude is already there. It's just needing somebody to give it some power. Oh, hide me in the rock of ages. Oh, my loving brother, when the world is on fire, don't you want God's bosom to be your pillow? Friends, these things are coming to pass before our eyes. Are they there? No, but we're seeing the spirits align and move up. Now, I, I'm not going to stay here. I, I've got to move on. But I, I'm, I'm just bringing it a little further. Back up to Revelations 12 just for a moment. Verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. I, can, I could read more of this, but verse 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. I, I don't have the time this morning to go into the symbology. So now look at, that's showing the beast at the end, but where did he start? Verse 4, His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which, which was ready to be delivered to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And the child was caught up to God in his throne. So who was it? That was Christ. Now there's actually, if you read 
in the earlier message and other places, Brother Brandon makes different references. But I'm bringing this to get down to verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought in his angels, and they prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now when did that happen? That happened in heaven. That battle was brought to earth. And where did that battle come to? It came to a couple in the Garden of Eden. And that battle has come to you and I. And we have been made more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. And now we see the, the robber, the thief, and his approach to Eve. And we see how he came with subtility. And maybe time and time again. Friends, the, the working of a spirit, the infiltration. Let me read what infiltration means. And I'm using that word but infiltration is the action of entering or gaining access to cause damage. Now, they use the word surreptitiously, which means in a way that attempts to avoid notice, attention, or detection. In the demonology series, Brother Branham would say, how does a disease come? It says one cell backslides. And when it backslides, it moves to another cell. And, and I will say this is, I, I won't come into it, but I, I want you to be very aware. Satan will come in a moment and he'll come to us in our relationships, in our homes. And it can be as simple as a little word and it becomes a little root and it becomes a little bit of bitterness. And before we know it, he's gained a foothold. There's a, there's a brother and sister that I won't mention, but there, many years ago, the relationship started, it was a marriage, it started to deteriorate. And there was a little thing where the husband made fun of the wife just as she raised her hand and just touched her under the arm. Oh, a little bit of flab there, huh? And you know what that did? That was so grievous, it became a wound. It went further. Now, it was just a little thing. But friends, in our flesh, we say things and do things. We're not immune. Oh, I'm in the message. Line up. Listen, you know where that spirit went to? It went a step further. And when the, husband, or the woman started to question her husband about something in the message, he says, you don't believe that? Get a revelation. Friends, that, that is disgusting. That is disgusting. But you know what? We can fall into that. Brother Branham would tell us we can learn a, an example for how God deals with us. You deal with, like, like with people, God will deal with you that way. He said, we need to learn a lesson from our Heavenly Father. How He coaches us in the right things. And then he, he, he leads us away for things. How we could conduct our churches, our homes. 
I, I, I'm, I, listen, I, I don't have all of this in my notes. I'm just going here today. But I need to, I need to say it because we're not immune. And, and, and the Bible talks, Paul would say, fathers, provoke not your children. Here we have this truth, and you know what? It, it's done. We, we've got this. We, we've saw now in an age of women's rights the true revelation of headship and the man's the head of the home. But I'll say that's been spun the wrong way sometimes. And it's like, I have authority here. Everybody come under me. I'll say, get in prayer, get a right attitude, and you will not come at it that way. Listen, friends, if you don't stay in the Spirit of God, we will fall to that. And I say we need to we need to be very conscious of how we speak in our homes, to our children, to our spouses. And, and the prophet would, the Bible would say, as Christ loved the church, how did he love you? When you were a no good, rotten, good for nothing stinker. And he loved you. And now we turn around and we use the message as a hammer. Shame on us. Shame on us. I'm not pointing. I'm just saying it. I, I've had to catch myself and say, whoa. The natural genetics of how I was raised sometimes came through. And I found myself raising my voice. I found myself doing things that I had learned as a child. And I said, God forgive me. God help me. God help me. You gave me this family that I would be not a, a dictator over them, not to have a boot camp, but that I would have feeling, that I would help them, that I would be an example, that I would use them. And I, I'm speaking to men for the moment. But that's every one of us. Neither has he given us our offices in the church as ministers, as deacons, as trustees, neither are they just to be empowered by natural means. We need the Spirit of God. Amen. We need God that we can do it the right way. Amen. Without the token, we're going to miss the mark. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going, and I I'm, I'm really could have taken a lot of things in, in order here, but I... My goodness. Let me, let me just, let me take this just on a couple of levels. I may not, I just started to come to, and I want to parallel this a little bit to the Ephesian age because a little spirit began to creep in as we, def we referred to already. Go with, go with me, I'm, I'm skipping a, a scripture here, Sister Ruth, and I'm going to go to a different one. Go with me to Revelations chapter 2. Sorry, are you, are you with me this morning? Yes. How many ever heard a tape and you just felt like scoured out? And then you, you actually can say at the end of the tape, I needed that. Let's not become soft like Laodicea. Let's say, I need the washing of the water by the word. I need it that I can be everything God wants me to be. 
Oh, Jesus, help us all. <laughs> Revelations 2, verse 1, if we can pick this up. And as Paul is writing to the angel, or the, John is writing to the angel of the church of Ephesus. These, these things saith he that has that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and thou how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Here they are. Now, <laughs> I, I just can't get away from this thought today. Here's the purity of God in the Garden of Eden, and that serpent motivated by the devil, gains an entrance. This is his characteristics all over again. Here is the fullness of God, the purity on the day of Pentecost. And here is God is now going, immediately that spirit is attaching itself, working an inroad. Read Matthew 24. I, I really, I have it written down, but I'm not going to spend the time with it. But Jesus would warn them over and over there's something coming that's going to come against what I give you. There's going to come spirits and prophets and false prophets. And he says, beware. Now, I don't want to make this just, you know, that you're a Christian and everything's good. It's not all good. It's a battle. But I want to recognize the spirit of God. I want to recognize the spirit of the devil. Have you ever really, like, Come under something, and, and, and you're burdened, and, you're, and you don't know it, and then God in His grace just drops that burden from you, and you feel light. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, just go back. Do you remember how it got on you? It didn't come on you like a weight. More than often, it's a little at a time, a little here, a little there, and you're sinking, you're sinking. I want to catch him when he starts. I don't want to catch him, you know, when I'm, when I'm so weighted down. But I, I want to start. If there's just a little schism between me and a brother, me and, a, and, a, and somebody else, Lord, let me just defeat that thing right away. Let me just be honest and say, hey, I, I just feel there's something. Can, can, we just, can we just get rid of that? And he says, oh, this, and, and I tell you, many times, it's nothing. But the devil tries to build it on you. And it is nothing. I, I, just, I, I just marvel at Satan just attaches himself. Do you remember Sister Nellie Sanders? You know, she, she's the one that Brother Branham early in his minister. Is it Nellie, I think? Well, yeah. And, and, and he, early in her ministry, and he delivered her, and she used to be out in the bar dancing and things. And she's now... She's coming back from somewhere and she just passes by a bar and she hears the music. And as she hears the music, she thought, oh, I still remember that. Look at look how subtle Satan is. He just anoints a song. Listen, I've had to battle that many times. Go into a restaurant. Oh, that song, yeah. And then I was doing this and I was doing that. And I shake my head, hold it. I'm not going there. And he'll bring a memory. And, and Sister Nellie, she's just coming by, and she hears that, oh. And she says, I just stopped. That was the danger. Right there. That was the point. I just stopped. 
And then I made a step. And then I was at the door. And she said, and the next thing, I was out on the dance floor dancing with. And she's coming, crying to Brother Branham. Brother Branham, have I sinned? Have I sinned? He says, no. And then he starts praying, and, and this bat comes out from, from her, and it goes down into the, the bed where, where that drunk was, Brother Wayne, whatever his name was, and he just goes flying out of his bed. And he says, it was one of the first times he ever had of casting out a devil. How did it come? Mary Magdalene, who had seven devils. Do you know what the devils were? Pride. Pride is a devil. Oh, friends, it, let's defeat the, the enemy. Bitterness. Just a little. The Bible says a root of bitterness where many will be defiled. Oh, let only Jesus is the bomb of Gilead. And under that bomb, he can turn every trial. And he can make it a blessing. He can use those things and make you stronger. He says, now, you can't bear those that are evil. You've tried them which are apostles and are not. You found them liars. You have borne and has patience. And for my name's sake, you've labored and you've not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Because thou hast left thy first love. Now this is, this, this is actually amazing to me because in parallel with Satan coming in was the diminishing of love. It was, it was just letting down a little bit and he came in a little bit more. And it started out with what was called the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Somebody would come into the church and maybe dressed a little better and everybody was to look at him like he's something more. And that was the beginning of iniquity in that first church. And, and, and there was those that, that you know, they, they began to just attend church, but they left church and it really didn't follow them out the door anymore. It was, it was good enough to be in church, but when I went home, it was something else. And, and in the church age book, Brother Branham says, I wonder if John the Revelator didn't see some of that happening in that first church already. Right. Uh, why am I saying this? To, to, to put a heavy, no, I'm saying it. We are the church. We are married to one. Yeah. And I want to stay married to him. Yeah. I want my allegiance to him. Yeah. I, I don't want to come to church with one face and go home with another face. I wanted to permeate my marriage, my family, my thought life, my everything. Let me really be who God said I am. Let me defeat the devil. And he says it was just a little deed. And in fact, the Spirit of God said, I hate those things too. So there's this little thing called the control issue. And it manifests, as Brother Brandon would say, in the doors of our hearts and our lives and the compartments. And we'll let God in to a lot of doors, but we won't let him into another door. Last year, or maybe the year before, I think Brother John, he's not here today, but he spoke a young people's message that really stuck with me. And it was where Jesus gives the parable there was a treasure in the field. And the treasure that was in the field, a man saw it 
And because he wanted that treasure, he bought the whole field. Now that's Jesus. He, listen, Jesus died for everyone. Listen, the bride is the jewel. But he died for the foolish virgin. He died for the Jews. He even died for those that would receive eternal life, not the way you and I. But the treasure was that which was in the middle. Now you take that whole thought around, where is the treasure of your life? Because if you want to be his treasure, you've got to let him take that. Satan will want to sell, will want the field, but he'll want to keep a little part in the middle somewhere. But until you leave that little part, you will not go any further with God. And we can take it into our lives and say, I want to control this little thing. I want to have my way until we can actually surrender every part. God can't use us yet. I will still hang on to something. Oh, friends, if you can ever let go one time, you will never want to ever go back to that which you hung on to. Lord, take control. Let love rule every part of my life. Listen, I didn't have this all at one time. I, I grew up and I thought, I'd still like to do that. And, you know, I, I wasn't ready. But I'll tell you what, step by step, God has brought me where I say, be it unto me according to your word. I'm sold out. I'm willing to give you my free time. I'm willing to give you my, my 10%. In fact, Lord, I'm willing to give you my 90%. I'm willing to, Lord, give you every part of my life. You know what? That's when God is actually fully using a vessel. I believe those are characteristics of the bride of Jesus Christ. I'm really not even on my notes, and I don't know why, but just pray with me, okay? He says now, under the contest, i got to go a little further quickly here. Satan's first attack in the Garden of Eden was... To attack a person because he knew the children of God was fortified with the word. So he never attacked the word. He, he says first, he says, look at that lizard. He says, look at that sneaker, that lizard. I always marvel that Bert Call had lizard eyes. <laughs> and, and he says, now, he says, no matter how good a person is, all Satan tries to do is to get them to deny that word. Satan tried to attack the word in the Garden of Eden, but he says it wouldn't work. He would have something to look better. That human reasoning would say common sense. So that's what he used, and that's what he succeeded in using all along. Now listen to this. Satan took reasonings and attacked the word, and he shook Eve off the path. And the only way he can defeat you is to disbelieve God's word. It has to be appealing. Now think, think about this. Sin is appealing and attractive. I'm going to go down just a little further here. Satan knows a whole lot about human beings. He knows human nature. He helped pervert it. He knows what to present before you to make you fall for it. Now listen to these things slowly. These are very real. He knows just how well to put the smell of whiskey. Just the smell. Now, this is not everybody's temptation. 
but if somewhere in the past. Then he says, he knows how tantalizing to make a cigarette. And all you need to do is start looking at it, wondering about it, and before you know it, you're doing it. Now listen, just as you go further. He knows how to place out here of a young boy and girl just in their teenage drinking beer. Looks like a lot of fun. He doesn't even try to place the picture a few years later where you look at them, old, batty-eyed hags. I, listen, that doesn't need a lot of description. <laughs> that pretty well says it. Now, let, let just listen. Let's, listen to these words. I think they're profound. He does not dare to put a picture of a completely nude woman. But he knows just how much clothes to take off of her to make her tempting. Oh, my goodness. He knows human nature. He knows how to catch you in it. He's awake day and night going about like a roaring lion, devouring what he will. I, I, I can't even begin to touch on how he's penetrated this age. This last week, in the United States, the Senate had hearings with the five major heads of social media platforms. And they grilled them, the senators did, to no end because of the statistics that are coming out from social media, coming out from teens that are committing suicide, coming out from depression and ailments as a result of being continually engaged on these platforms. Now, I'm, I'm not saying you can't do it, but I'll say you need the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And you need to have enough discernment to know when it's dragging you down. Yeah. And you need to also watch your children that Satan doesn't gain a foothold. Yeah. These, these are real temptations. We, we, we can hardly, I, I, I'm saying this in, in a way not to be, it's hardly impossible to get youth to sit down and read a message book because it doesn't have enough attention span. It's a neurotic world that's being cultivated. Now, if Satan can cultivate that, what can God cultivate? If we just begin to yield a little bit to him. You listen to some good common sense of just psychologists. Hey, when you go to bed at night, don't have an electronic device on an hour before you go to bed. It'll help you sleep better. You'll dream better. You'll wake up better. You'll feel like praying in the morning. You won't feel condemned. You won't have nightmares. Oh, I, I mean, these are real things. But it's the world that we live in. Oh, let's defeat the devil. Hey, I can speak to myself in some of these statements. Yeah, you know, you're always, you've got it there, you got a thing, and all of a sudden you're distracted. This is not to be condemning. This is just to defeat an enemy that we all have. Sin is appealing. He knows just how to do it. He knows how to make even the word attractive. There's a whole part of this that I'm, 
I guess I'm just going to have to leave it. I'm sorry. I'm just not really getting to where I want. If we can recognize even in our being, yeah, you've got a soul, and that soul, is, if it's born of God, that's wonderful. But you need, in order to be an overcomer, you need to feed that soul. It's not good enough to have an emotional experience or just a supernatural experience. I, I believe there's a real birth that comes to the soul. And I believe if you really are born of the Spirit of God, you're born of the Word, and there's something in you that will desire the Word, now Satan will come and he'll try to present everything, and he'll try to take you off. And, and, and he'll come to believers, he'll come to you as an individual, he'll come to relationships, he'll come to homes, and he will present something else. And it's just a little thing. And if we don't guard against it, I, 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 I really, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm lingering on this so much today, but I really feel we need to defeat the devil in his infancy, not when he becomes a monster. And if, if this morning, if, if, you're, there's a, if there's anybody as an individual, and you feel like, yeah, there's some things that are just dragging me down, I'll say, just take what's being preached not making a big altar call, but just say, I'm going to go home and I'm going to ask God to help me with that. And you can say it right now in your pew. Say, God help me with that. Don't be ashamed. You might be mature. You might be a preacher. You might be a believer. You might be the pastor. God help me with that. You might just say, I, I don't want to give the devil any place. I see where the Ephesian age fell from. I see where Eve fell from. I see Satan's tactic. I see them come and destroy my life into areas. I see them come to others. And I say, I do not need to be a part of his program. I'm stopping from going to certain places that I should, but I, 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 I just... Let me, let me read this just a little bit as we just close down here this morning. Brother Branham would say, this is in the Ephesian church age, I know thy works, I know their labor. How beautifully the Savior praises and commends his children. He takes full account of their fine spiritual attitudes and behavior. But he also knows there's a weakness amongst them. Now we all have weaknesses. Now, he doesn't cry out against it. Isn't that like the Lord? He knows how to encourage us in the right matters and discourage us in the wrong matters. We could learn a good lesson here in running the church and our families. And better still, we could learn a good lesson in that God deals with us each one exactly in this way. Don't be discouraged. God is not ungracious to forget your labors of love. I, I, I just marvel at how he brings this out and he, and he just says, that's what was there in the beginning. Now, if you just do your first works, if you come back to your first love, I, I'm not going to get into all of the Ephesian church age, but if you can take those things. Let me read one more here. He says, now, he says, people can say they love God. Let me back up one. One little deviation from the word was a step away from Christ. People can say they love God, go to church, even shout and rejoice and sing and have a great emotional time. But when it's all over, 
Watch and see if they're in the word, walking in it, living in it. If they go through all the other and don't walk in that word, they can say they love God, but their lives tell another story. I wonder if John didn't see a lot of that before he died. People saying they love God, but not obeying the word. I, it's amazing how I, I used to drink and I used to love to drink and do those things, but it was one of those things that God just delivered me from the beginning. And there's been times, you know, I've come across and there's somebody drinking this and just for a moment it, it goes, but oh, I thank God he's delivered me. And not just from the actions and what I was doing, but from the desire of it. That's the Holy Ghost. Now, there are other things that I have battled and battled, and I constantly have to keep under subjection. And I say, that is just as real and overcoming as the first is. Now, it's really easy to look and say, I'm really strong right here. But why don't you stop for a moment and say, where would God have ought if you looked at my life? Where do I not just quite hit the mark? I, I think that's a worthwhile exercise. You can come here and say, oh, thank God, I did, I, I'm not there. You know what? It's like the woman at Brother Branham's meeting. Oh, I could say amen to every word. And a sister nearby, as she leaves, you didn't say anything about gossip. <laughs> and she's the biggest gossip in the church. Now just... We're, just be honest with yourself and with God. Where could I be better? Where have I come short? I, I, I was going through this the last couple of weeks of myself, and I'm saying, Lord, I've just seen this, this. I don't want these things just to linger anymore. But I want these things to be exercised and brought higher into a greater subjection. I heard a testimony here the other day, Brother Andrew, this is the one that you and I shared. And it's a brother, oh, you can listen to it if you want, it's a, it's a wonderful testimony, Brother Richard Milligan, he spoke it in, in Cloverdale, he was one of the right-hand men of Benny Hen. he saw miracles, he saw all kinds of things. The first person that he ever met that he encountered the message with was a man who was saying, this is God sending his prophet doing these things, and he's saying, and the man smoked, and the man cursed, and he says, if that's what that message is, I want nothing to do with it. And he came across it somewhere else, and he thought, no, no, I don't want anything to do with that. He had reason to call this man six years later, and he met that man, and he goes, it was the same guy, but there was something different in him. And he says, I, I, he kept saying it over and over, something had changed. He was a big, burly guy. He, he would always fight and do things. And he says, he was gentle. He was meek. And he finally asked him, do you still believe in the way? Oh, more than ever. And he says, and he'd come to one of his meetings in the Pentecostal, and he says, you were typing something from the Old Testament down to here. And he said, did you know that's how God used the messenger of this age? And he said, oh, I'm, I was interested in that because I love types. And then so as he's leaving, he says, can you send me maybe a few of those books? And he says, from that moment on, everything changed. 
But what, what, what caused him to be attracted? It was the life that he saw in that man. The other day, Brother Max sang a song. Listen, let's have the musicians come. I've, 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 I've just gone way off today where I was going to go. The other day, as Brother Max was ministering, I, I appreciated the Lord speaking to us. And I believe that we're going to see miracles, and I'm looking for them. And I thought of a song, and, and the Lord willing, we'll, we'll sing it sometime. But it's, thank God for the miracle. And, and the, really, the song is about the miracle when he changed my heart, and he took a life of sin, and he put a desire of God inside. That's the greatest miracle. You can have all the other things, but I know what he did inside of me. I, I, I thank him for that miracle. And I pray that miracle comes to every one of us in a real and a fresh way. God, keep moving, keep dealing with us, keep chastening us. I, I, I just wish I would have brought this in a better way, but maybe out of this, God will use this a little bit. How many love the Lord? How many will say, I, I need a little bit of what I heard today? I raise both hands. Let's stand together. Let's sing Falling in Love with Jesus, if you don't mind, Brother Ray. Falling in love.